So you walk into a patient room and the patient doesn't speak any English, which is real world, right? It happens to everyone. And there's a perfectly good family member right at the bedside. Be honest, do you ask that family member to translate? We've all done it. But is that really best practice? Well, honestly, it can get us into a lot of trouble. So in this podcast, I thought we would cover the use of family members as translators and why it's likely not a good idea. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And happens at least once a week that I'm asked by a nurse or another physician or a lab tech or a sonotech or a student, and you can pretty much go down the line, asked at least once a week to translate for them because I'm bilingual. I speak English and Spanish, and so I'm the ad hoc translator at times for the floor. But when they ask me, my answer is pretty much always the same. Look, I'd love to help you. But number one, I'm doing something myself. And number two, that's why we have professional translators. I mean, that's their job. Plus, in order for it to be really legit, you really should get a medical translator unless the physician themselves or the healthcare provider is also bilingual or speaks the language of the patient where they can serve as the professional translator. But this issue of using ad hoc translators actually can be very dangerous. Over the past few decades, the number and diversity of limited English speakers in the U.S. has increased exponentially. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, which analyzed the use of languages in the U.S., over 20% of Americans speak a language other than English at home. Of this population, greater than 24% report that they do not speak English well or do not speak English at all. With a U.S. population of more than 300 million, this makes over 70 million people with limited English proficiency. That's called the LEP population, those with limited English proficiency. With this increased diversity has come some increased pressures, including new legal requirements on healthcare systems and clinicians to ensure equal treatment of limited English speakers. It's actually a federal statute. Under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, discrimination on the basis of race, color, or national origin is prohibited. Therefore, healthcare providers, including hospitals that receive federal funding, including Medicare, Medicaid, or CHIP, are required to provide language access services for their patients. That's part of the anti-discrimination and access to language part of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Nonetheless, according to a report from Reuters in 2016, nearly one-third of U.S. hospitals failed to provide interpreters to patients who spoke limited English, although the federal law required it. Medical interpretation is performed in several ways. 
first by a professional interpreter, and that's the whole crux of this podcast, and we'll get into that in a minute. Second is by the use of a bilingual physician, and again, the use of a bilingual physician is okay, that's acceptable. The issue comes in the third way that translation occurs, which is the ad hoc interpreter. Family members or friends are the ad hoc type. The use of ad hoc interpreters is quite common in a study published in JAMA, which involved 157 U.S. academic health centers and over 3,000 residents. 84% of participants noted that they had used ad hoc interpretation by adult family members or friends of the patient. For patients who don't share the language that you have, the gold standard is to use a professional interpreter. Now, we've all, however, used family members or other healthcare professionals as interpreters in these consultations. And it's hard to see how medicine can function in our multicultural society without these ad hoc interpreters, especially in an emergency. Now, we're going to cover emergency care in just a minute because that is the exception. But the gold standard, without a doubt, even though it's easy to use these ad hoc interpreters, the gold standard is still to use a professional interpreter provided by the facility. Although non-professional interpreters are readily available, they should be used with caution because they do come with a lot of risk. Medical interpreters that are professionally trained are, well, trained, and they have experience to do so. Plus, they also keep a record or a log of the translation that was done in a lot of the cases. According to the gold standard by the AMA, interpreters should be neutral and passive, and that can prove very difficult for family members. Well, I know what you're thinking. Well, wait a minute. If the physician is bilingual, I mean, they're not neutral and they're not passive, and that's correct. However, if the physician is fluent in the patient's language, it actually may be better to communicate directly with the patient, having the language taken care of, because you can lose some things even with professional translators. So even though the physician or the nurse or the caregiver can be bilingual and speak the patient's language, and even though they are not neutral or passive, it is allowed because it allows for direct patient engagement in the patient's language. So once again, if you don't speak the patient's language, the gold standard is to use a medical translator because they are passive and neutral. While you are not neutral, it's still in the patient's best interest for you to do it if you can. You see, here's one of the issues with using a family member or even a friend. A family member can give their own version of events and their emphasis can be on different items and that can skew the whole clinical presentation, discussion, or the consultation. It can also be difficult to check the veracity of the interpretation because you really don't know what they're saying or what's going on and this could lead to a misdiagnosis. This whole issue of accuracy is really a big deal. A previously published study in academic emergency medicine followed a small group of residents who had received 45 hours of Spanish translating. And what they found is that the use of ad hoc interpreters actually had major errors in patient understanding of the events in 14% of the patient interactions. So here are the issues. First, adult family members or friends who act as interpreters often do not interpret accurately. Untrained interpreters are prone to omissions, additions, substitutions, opinions, or volunteered answers. 
For example, family members or friends may not understand the need to interpret everything that the patient says and may summarize information instead, and that could change the diagnosis or the therapeutic plan. They can also insert their own opinions or impose their own judgments as they interpret, and that, of course, is problematic. All right, podcast family, let's wrap up with two main things to keep in mind here. First, not all situations are the same. In emergencies where immediate patient care is a priority, an available family member may well be the only means of communication, and it may well be appropriate to request them to translate. This, however, has to be done with consideration to maintaining the patient's confidentiality and safeguarding the patient's privacy. And if able and the patient is able to give consent, That's where the second thing to remember comes in, and it's this. Ask the patient if they're okay with the family member translating, if no other options exist. And remember, we're in an emergency situation. Before involving family members in the discussion about the patient's care, be sure to check with them to make sure the patient's all right with that happening. I mean, there may be times that the patient doesn't want the family member or the friend knowing any sensitive information. So we can't just discard them or put them off to the side as irrelevant. The patient still should be able to give consent if appropriate. So here's the take home. The use of professional interpreters improves the quality of care for patients with limited English proficiency. It also results in higher patient satisfaction, and that's been proven for over two decades. It also results in fewer errors in communication and reduces disparities in utilization of services. And the most important thing is that it improves clinical outcomes. Pues ya estamos al fin del programa. See, I just thought I'd throw out a little bit of Spanish there. So now you can go get your professional translator to figure out what the heck that said. As always, we're thankful that you're part of our podcast family. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. Mm-hmm.